Hello, I'm Marcus Morquet, and you're listening to the Churchill Fellowship Interviews, a series of recordings from my 2018 adventure traveling across the USA researching makerspaces and digital technology in schools. So in 2012, I visited my first Maker Fair in New York City, New York City Maker Fair, which I'm sure your listeners are familiar with the Maker Fairs. And I was inspired to create a makerspace at my school. Now, what further inspired me was a challenge by our district to um, provide funds through our Center for Innovation, which was a new uh, center um, that our director, Jerry Creasy, created. Um, So I wrote up a grant with people from my school, and we created the first makerspace uh, that year. With just, I think it was $5,000 grant, um, we were able to buy a bunch of materials, change out the cabinets in the room, which was an old book room, uh, and repurpose it to be a makerspace. Recycling some old furniture, too, to be rolling carts, etc. We were able to create a, a basic makerspace room. Um, once we did that, um, the Scarsdale Education Foundation, we have a private foundation that helps us fund uh, different things within the schools. They provided another $5,000. So we were able to buy a lot more materials like little bits and more expensive robotics to um, stat, you know, s- s- uh, set up the makerspace. So then, further from, from every year then on, we've had um, other resource grants to provide um, material replenishment. I know you're into technology, so yes. one of your key focuses is obviously teaching the kids technology and how to use it. Are there any sort of projects which you've worked on with the kids or the kids have developed over the last few years which you think, my gosh, what an unbelievable piece of work? So really, for me, it's the robotic piece, because once we discovered B-Bots and then Dash and Dot robots using first coding that you touch the back of the bot to put in the code with the B-Bots, and then block coding for the Dash and Dots, we said, this is so good. The kids are so engaged. It's so project-based, um, and it involves so many um, skills that we, we are looking to achieve that it needs to be in the curriculum. So that's one place that our, the uh, makerspace actually became part of the curriculum within all five schools. Uh, in other ways, uh, it's been projects here and there, and some teachers may adopt the project and use, use a new technology from the makerspace. So more of us a library. Mm. Um, and our space is small. Our makerspace is small. I wish that it could be bigger, and maybe some days it'll, someday it'll be part of the lab, part of our library. Um, great space. But for now, it can get half a class in there or small groups in there, and um, then mostly take materials out of there. Now, you mentioned uh, one of your, I guess, the, the prep teacher, the K teacher. Mm-hmm. She's uh, brought the students into your lab to be involved with uh, creating uh, some materials. Is that right? They make some shelving? So right? what they did yeah. um, in that particular class, they've done lots of things like create instruments yeah. uh, in there, but they wanted to make a ra- tile rack for That's the B-Bots. Right, tile rack. So the B-Bots you can buy tiles that have the arrows to set up the code. So one partner would set up the code, the other partner would code the back of the B-Bot. This teacher said, well, we're studying wood as part of our science. Let's use wood to build tiles, to build a rack to hold the tiles so that that can be something that the whole school uses and our students would learn about wood and woodworking. So she broke the kids up into small groups and some of the kids used a drill press with me. Some of the kids used a hammer, some of the kids painted, and they created this amazing tile project um, for the B-Bots out of wood, using, and they were in the makerspace. One reason is they're little, they're only five, so a lot of them can fit in there. Uh, I can't fit 20 fifth graders in there, but I can fit <laughs> no, no. 20 kindergarten kids. kids. Nice work. Um, yeah. Now, 
You showed me the Goldilocks project. Yes. Let's talk about that because that's quite an amazing piece of work there. So the Goldilocks project is using scratch coding. And we know that Scratch will work with the um, small Arduino called the, the Makey Makey. So the Makey Makey just plugs in and then interacts with the Scratch coding. So you have interaction on your computer. You can have things happening on your computer like sound, something, um, animation. And by using the Makey Makey, then you could add a touch feature. So using conductive foil tape behind a page, you can make any type of book interactive with, with the coding. So with the Goldilocks book, you're meant to read the book, learn Goldilocks and this, this story, but also interact with the story because the girl reads to you and asks you to press the button, and then Goldilocks will say, this, you know, this porridge is too hot, this porridge is too cold, etc. by pressing each, each uh, coded button. It's a very cool project. It's like it's a book, isn't it? It is a book. So she designed the cover yes. and wrote the text out and actually... So it's full its literacy full um, lesson and full-on book production, creating a book. Mm. But yet it has this aspect of coding, too. Mm. Very cool, definitely. Now, Peter, yes. we've just had an experience of watching uh, one of your students launch a rocket in his capstone <laughs> project. Yes. Perhaps that's a pretty cool... So you have capstone projects are obviously a feature for grade five students. They are. Uh, and you mentioned that he has worked with you, in because he spoke to you before, and he obviously worked with you in the lab to develop some things about his rocket. So how does how does the makerspace work with the capstone projects? Maybe talk about the cool yeah. rocket as well too. Sure, and this can be true across really all the schools too as well, because they all do capstone. All fifth yeah. graders do a capstone, which is meant to be an independent research passion-based project, right? That's the goal. Um, the outcome at different schools varies. In this school, we have a museum, and um, they create a panel, information booklet, they can create a movie, they can create a podcast, um, or they can build them, you know, build all of them. And this particular student built the model rocket, which he wanted to launch. So he spent a lot of time in the makerspace with me building the model as much independently as possible, but he needed some help, especially when we had to modify the rocket engine um, compartment because it was the <laughs> diameter was too yeah, large. Yeah. So we found something within the makerspace, a recycled EpiPen container, and epoxied that into the rocket to make a better engine holder. So. The whole thing is, uh, you can see the student's passion, obviously, but the idea is that he studied rockets and he knows all about them, and now he shared that passion with the whole school. But, no, no, they all, count, they count they all got to see the launch, <laughs> right, which is, which is a big deal. Cool. Now, Peter, can you do me a favor now? Yes. I want you to look into the future five years from now. What mm -hmm. does your makerspace look like, and how is that working with the rest of the school? So the makerspace... Uh, five years. Yeah, yeah, even 10. It should always evolve in terms of looking at new materials, right? So the space may, may just end up being a library. No one, people may never go in there in some schools. In some schools, that's true, they don't have a makerspace. But it will always be a library, and the person or people that run it should always be looking toward new materials. Like you mentioned the M-Bots, I don't know those yet. I mentioned SAM Labs, you don't know those yet. So we're going to constantly be sharing via Twitter and communicating what those products and processes are that would be great to integrate within the curriculum. So if you're looking at curriculum integration, you're always going to be looking at the makerspace as library. And um, if you have a large, lucky enough to have a large space with curriculum integrated within the room, that's also great. Um, 
and that would be something that would grow as well. One of the keys to making a makerspace grow is to have the teacher collaboration because a teacher won't, unless they see how it integrates, they won't really be excited by the geeky stuff some of us are excited by, yeah, yeah. right? So um, the key is to keep pressing the collaboration and showing them that you're a trusted partner, you will lead it, you will lead them, um, and to, to always be there for them. Um, so in five years, that's not going to change. That's always been the model of integration, right? Um, but the fact that we continually look for new materials and new, better, more easier products for kids to use you know, and get these skills with. One of the things in Australia we're really concerned about is the uh, transition of kids from the junior schools up to the senior schools and making sure that the skills they've learned here are portable. Yes. Is that something that's of concern to you as well too, to make sure the kids leave this with the portable skills they can travel with? It is, and we're looking at that integration a little bit better now. One of our um, computer teachers in my role at Quaker Ridge is moving to the technology department of the middle school. So, uh, yeah, so we're looking for, for that more articulated yeah. um, part going across. Because the technology program in the middle school is very, um, very controlled. They have to have woodworking. They have to have um, metal shop, et cetera. Okay. And what our, the previous person in the role over at the middle school, and now John, is going to be doing is um, you know, involving more Arduino involving more coding into that technology so that this makerspace stuff will continue. continue yeah, yeah. Yeah. Peter, thank you very much for joining us today. And I love the tour, love the experience of seeing your Maker Lab, and love the, the rocket, which is really cool as well, too. And I love the way you use the drone to actually film the whole thing. Sure. Great innovation. Yeah. Thanks, Peter, for joining us, and uh, we look forward to following your adventures. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Thank you for listening to the Churchill Fellowship interviews. You can find the complete series at radiocarum.org.